Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord, only you can see Lord, thank you for a brand new day. Thank you for the grace to come into your presence this morning. Thank you because this is the day that you have made. We are grateful that we see this day start. We see the sun rise and we know that you are faithful. We know that the covenant is still working. And so, Jesus, we give you praise this morning. Father, we give you praise this morning. Be glorified forevermore in the mighty name of Jesus. Uh, This morning, we worship you as the King of kings, as the Lord of lords, the God who rules in the affairs of men, the God who created the heavens and the earth and rules from generations to generations. Father, we give you all the praise. We give you all the glory in the mighty name of Jesus. In our time here again, Lord, we ask, speak to us once again. We ask, Lord, give us wisdom. Give us understanding in your word. As we read the Bible this morning, help us to gain understanding. Let your name alone be glorified. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. All right, let me say a big welcome to everyone joining into devotion this morning. I am Morphe Eye Nike. We continue reading our Bibles, okay? So like I said, we are reading the last uh, 12 books of the Old Testament. We call it the 12 prophets. We are on the sixth book. This is the book of Micah. Um, yesterday we stopped on chapters 4 today we will take the final three chapters of the book of Micah in chapter 5 Micah gives us a prophecy about where the Messiah was going to come from yes the Messiah was going to come from Bethlehem from Ephrathah okay so we see uh, we see that lesson this morning I remember back in school I once acted in the drama where uh, we quoted right from the book of Micah chapter 5 oh ye ye Bethlehem Ephrathah who are little among the clans of Judah all right so uh, yes, so we'll learn from that today. Bika chapter 6, we see God make a case against against Israel. Okay, he continues to make his case against Israel. And then in chapter 7, we see God tell them that their mystery, okay, there's going to be a time of restoration from them. One of the things I want you to learn about, okay, because we are looking at maybe the concluding parts of the Old Testament. I did say that when we read the book of Daniel, we had actually practically taken the entire stretch of the Old Testament. It was from there we had a brief period where we called the Dark Ages, where there was there were no prophecies. Prophecies were very scarce. Open vision were very, very rare. And then... Okay, we had the New Testament. Jesus shows up on the scene. And so as we read the 12 prophets, I want you to, you know, have an idea and just have in your mind, hold it strongly in your mind, the way the nation of Israel was as they went into exile. 
um, they were purified. We'll see that. We'll see that in 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 chapter five. Now they were purified. You know, through suffering. Okay, God had to really deal out their punishment, and so on returning, they were trying to rebuild. Okay, trying to rebuild until the time when Jesus comes. Okay, so when you are reading the New Testament in that light, I'm telling you, when you're reading the especially especially the Gospels in that light, you will have a better idea where why it seemed that the people were so interested in something different. Okay, very important. Get your Bibles. Let's read Micah chapter 5, 6, and 7. Micah chapter 5 says, Mobilize, marshal your troops. The enemy is laying siege to Jerusalem. They will strike Israel's leaders in the face with a rod. Okay, speaking about, about the Babylonian Empire that was going to come. Verse 2, of course, a ruler from Bethlehem. He says that, But you, O Bethlehem, Ephrata, are only a small village among all the people of Judah, yet a ruler of Israel, whose origin are in the distant past, will come from you on my behalf. Okay, so God says that a ruler was going to come on his behalf. That ruler is the Messiah, is Jesus Christ from himself. And it was going to come from Bethlehem, from Ephrata. Okay, so uh, this, a lot of this verses were referenced in the new in the new testament verse 3 says the people of israel will be abandoned to their enemies until the woman in labor gives birth then at last his fellow countrymen will return from exile to their own land and he will stand to lead his flock with the lord's strength in the majesty of the name of the lord is god then his people will live there undisturbed for he will be highly honored honored around the world it will be highly honored around the world the gospel will eventually go to everywhere in the world jesus specifically told his disciples take this gospel okay and preach it to everyone in the whole world those who believe in you uh, will be saved sadly while the world will begin to open their mind open their hearts to the gospel uh, israel will reject its messiah and so um they rejected the first coming of the messiah it would take almost the second coming of the messiah for them to realize that they made a big mistake remember uh, the 12 prophets are actually right there in the book okay of, of of the hebrews it says verse 5 and it will be the source of peace yes jesus was going to be the source the messiah was going to be the source of peace since when the assyrian invade our land and break through our defenses we will appoint seven rulers to watch over us eight princes to lead us they will rule assyria with drawn sword and enter the gates of the land of nimrod he will rescue us from the assyrians when they pour over the border to invade our land okay verse 7 the remnants purified it says then the remnants left in israel will take their place among the nations and uh, they will be like a dew sent by the lord 
or like rain uh, falling on the grass, which no one can hold back and no one can restrain. The remnant left in Israel will take their place among the nations. They will be like a lion among the animals of the forest, like a strong young lion among flocks of sheep and goats, pouncing and tearing as they go with no rescuer in sight. The people of Israel will stand up to their foes and all their enemies will be wiped out. In that day, says the Lord, I will slaughter your horses and destroy your chariots. I will tear down your walls and demolish your defenses. I will put an end to all witchcraft and there will be no more fortune teller. I will destroy all your idols and sacred pillars so you will never again worship the work of your own hand. The question is, was this fulfilled when they returned from exile or will this be fulfilled when, when the Messiah will come the second time? Okay, I think that question is left for each one of us to answer. It says, I will destroy all your idols and sacred pillars so you will never again worship the works of your own hands. I will abolish your idol your idol shrines with their ashra poles and destroy your pagan cities i will pour out my vengeance on all on all the nations that refuse to obey me so every time when i read about the idols shrines and the ashra poles you know it's it's quite it's quite interesting the way idolatry took root in Israel. Okay, God warned them as they entered the promised land, agreed that they carried their idols. Okay, some of them carried their idols with them when they left Egypt. But you see that generation, the Bible says God made to perish in the wilderness. So there was a new generation coming, a generation that had seen the power of God, that had seen God literally lead them every day for 40 years. And now they were entering the promised land and God told them, okay, don't worship the God of this land. Don't give your children in marriage to these people. If you do, he said, look, their children will turn the heart of your sons and your daughters. They will turn them to these idols. But gradually, I'm telling you, gradually, until it got to the palace, where kings themselves, by the marriages that they, that they entered into, a good example was Ahab marrying Jezebel okay whose father was a worshiper of Baal until the point where I'm telling you uh, the idols were right there in the palace uh-huh. and as soon as it got there I'm telling you there was no hope for the nation anymore okay there was no hope for the nation anymore but God kept on warning them to give up on their hiders and I say again it can be a very 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 challenging thing when you open your heart to an idol okay it becomes a very difficult thing to give up my prayer for you today is that you as you open your heart to the Lord you would find him yes you would truly you would truly find him and the Lord will bless you in the mighty name of Jesus Alright, let's move on to Micah chapter 6. The Lord makes a case against the nation of Israel. It says that listen to what the Lord is saying. Stand up and state your case against me. Let the mountains and the hills be called to witness your complaints. And now, O mountains, listen to the Lord's complaint. He has a case against his people. He will bring charges against Israel. O my people, 
what have I done to you? What have I done to make you tired of me? Answer me, for I brought you out of Egypt and redeemed you from slavery. I sent Moses, Aaron, and Miriam to help you. Uh, don't you remember my people? How King Balak of Moab tried to have you cursed, and how Balaam, a son of Beor, blessed you instead. And remember your journey from Acacia Grove uh, to Gilgal, when I, the Lord, did everything I could to teach you about my faithfulness. Okay? So God did not just only lead the nation, but God taught them. Yes, God gave. That was one of the major reasons why God gave them the law. Okay? The law was supposed to be a school teacher. The book of Galatians will eventually tell us. Was supposed to be like a school teacher to bring them until they left the wilderness and then they came to this new nation where they could literally okay live for god by the relationship that they had with him okay god said ah, when i the lord did everything i could to teach you about my faithfulness verse 6 says what can we bring to the lord should we bring in burnt offerings should we bow before god most high with offerings of yearling calves should we offer him thousands of rams and ten thousand rivers of olive oil? Should we sacrifice our firstborn uh, children to pay for, for our sins? Okay, so a lot of the idols I have said again and again, when you worship an idol, you can tell from the things that it demands from, from you. When an idol or a god demands human sacrifice, Yes, they said they were asking, should we sacrifice our firstborn children to pay for our sins? God had never, ever asked for anything like that before. Never. He said once that it never crossed his mind. But it was something that Baal, Molech, you know, Chimoch, it was what they did regularly. That was how they worshipped their God. They offered their children, you know, to them. And so I can tell you very clearly, any God that demands for human sacrifice, okay, Okay, that says offer your 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 son, offer your daughter, offer your up your wife, offer your, offer your upper, offer up your husband, offer something that is precious to you, a human being that is precious to you. I can tell you plainly, it's a demon. Okay, plainly, it's it's a demon. They ask God, should we should we sacrifice our firstborn children to pay for our sins? God's response is clear. No, oh my people, the Lord has told you. What is good? This is all God was asking for them. Oh, my people, oh, people, the Lord has told you what is good, and this is what He requires of you to do what is right, to love mercy, and to walk humbly uh, with your God. Simple. And Jesus again puts it perfectly. The last part is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. The second part, he said, and this is what he requires of you to do what is right and to love mercy. In other words, that is between you and people to love your neighbor as yourself. That was all God was requiring from Israel as a nation. It says that Israel's guilt and punishment, verse 9, fear the Lord if you are wise. His voice calls to everyone in Jerusalem. The armies of destructions are coming. The Lord is sending them. Okay, so you find that again when we read the book of Jonah, how Nineveh, okay, repented and God forgave them. God turned around the destruction that was coming if the people had listened. 
if they had listened okay this could have been averted but we know the story they didn't listen he says fear the lord if you are wise his voice calls to everyone in jerusalem the armies of destructions are, destruction are coming the Lord is sending them. What shall I say about the homes of the wicked, filled with treasures gained by cheating? What about the disgusting practice of measuring out grain with dishonest measures? How can I tolerate your mansions? Who use dishonest scales and, and weights? Are the rich among you have become wealthy through extortion and violence. Your citizens are so used to lying that their tongues can no longer tell the truth. The simple thing was that the Israeli society was upside down. Samaria, upside down. Jerusalem, upside down. Verse 13, Therefore, I will wound you. I will bring you to ruin for all your sins. You will eat, but never, never have enough. Your hunger pangs and emptiness will remain. And though you try to save your money, it will come to nothing in the end. You will save a little, but I will give it to those who conquer you. You will plant crops, but not harvest them. You will press your olive, but not get enough oil to anoint yourself. You will trample the grapes, but get no juice to make your wine happy. You keep only the laws of evil king Omri. Evil king Omri. And I'm telling you, Omri was, was such a wicked king, okay? He was the father of, of Ahab, who then married Jezebel. He said, uh, you keep only the laws of evil king Omri and follow only the example of wicked king Ahab. What is the, the example of king Ahab? He married, okay, into, <laughs> into a house that they were worshippers of Baal. And as he, mar- as, he, as he married Jezebel, I'm telling you, she influenced him. It got to a point, okay, in the days of Elijah when they were killing prophets. Yes, they were killing prophets for fun. And then what did Ahab do? He instituted the worship of Baal as a national, okay, a national thing to do. In other words, it was now acceptable. Before, people were hiding to do it. But now that it entered the palace, then it was free for all. He says, you follow only the example of wicked king Ahab. Therefore, I will make an example of you, bringing you to complete ruin. Uh, you will be treated with contempt and mocked by all all who see you. When I read about you know accounts like this, I am always very, very, very careful. Remember that Micah is prophesying during the period of Jotam, Ahaz, and Ezekiah. Okay, but God backs up, backs up farther, farther to the period of Omri and Ahab. And I'm telling you, those were hundreds of years away. But God was pointing, pointing to uh, to the offense that they committed them, and I'm telling you that we always have to take this in mind that our actions today have ramifications for tomorrow. Our actions today can have strong impacts on the generations that, that is to come. Only if Ahab had known that in getting married to Jezebel, it wasn't just okay, f- uh, fulfilling maybe an emotional uh, an emotional swing that he had or wanted to do something that he was interested in. No, it was impacting generations to come. We must always remember this, that our actions are not only has our actions impact generations and god will bless us in the mighty name of jesus all right let's read our final chapter micah chapter 7 this one is mystery mystery 
misery turn to hope how miserable i am i feel like the food the fruit speaker after the harvest who can find nothing to eat not a cluster of grape or a single early fig can be found to satisfy my hunger and that can be very painful right you are among the fruit pickers you did all the work and now you can't find a single thing a single thing to eat that was how god was describing the nation he says the godly people have all disappeared not one honest person is left on the earth and they are all murderers setting traps even for their own brothers since both their hands are equally skilled at doing evil officials and judge alike demand bribes the people with influence get what they want and together they scheme to twist justice since even the best of them is like a barrier briar and the most honest is as dangerous as as a edge of thorn but your judgment day is coming swiftly now your time of punishment is here a time of confusion don't trust anyone, not your best friend or even your wife. For the son despises his father, the daughter defies, uh, defies his uh defies a mother the daughter-in-law defies a mother-in-law your enemies are right in your own household as for me i look to the lord for help i wait confidently for god to save me and my god will certainly will certainly help me do not gloat over me my enemies for though i fall i will rise again though i sit in darkness the lord will be my light I will be patient as the Lord punishes me, for I have sinned against him. So like I said yesterday, you have very, very strong you know, uh, words to declare in the book of Micah. So when we finish today, we will come back and declare chapter, uh, verses 7 and 8. It says that, as for me, I look to the Lord for help. I wait confidently for God to save me, and my God will certainly hear me. He says, do not gloat over me, my enemy, for though I fall, I will rise again. I don't, I don't know about you, but those are very strong prayers to make. Though I fall, I will rise again. Though I sit in darkness, the Lord will be my light. And the Lord will be your light in the mighty name of Jesus. Verse 9 says, I will be patient as the Lord punishes me, for I have sinned against him. Talking about the nation of Israel. But after that, he will take up my case and give me justice for all I have suffered from my enemies. The Lord will bring me into the light and I will see his righteousness. He says, then my enemies will see that the Lord is on my side. They will be ashamed that they taunted me, saying, so where is the Lord? Where is the Lord, that God of yours? With my own eyes, I will see their downfall. They will be trampled like mud in, in the streets. In that day, Israel, your cities will be rebuilt and your borders will be extended. People from many lands will come and honor you from Assyria all the way to the towns of Egypt, from Egypt all the way to the Euphrates River and from distant seas and mountains. But the land will become empty and desolate because of the wickedness of those who live there. O oh Lord, protect your people with your shepherd's staff. Lead your flock, 
your special possession, though they live alone in a thicket on the heights of Mount Carmel. Let them graze in the fertile pasture of Bashan and Gilead as they did long ago. And I'm telling you, this one is a wonderful prayer. Okay, you can say over a family, you can say over a people, you can say over a community, you can say over your children. Oh Lord, protect your people with your shepherd's staff. Lead your flock, lead my family, your special possession. Though they live alone in a ticket, they might be far away from you. You might not be where your children are. It says, though they live alone in a ticket, on the heights of Mount Camel, let them graze in the fertile pasture of Bashan and Gilead as they did long ago. It says, yes, says the Lord, I will do mighty miracles for you like those I did when I rescued you from slavery in Egypt. Since all the nations of the world will stand amazed at what the Lord will do for you. They will be embarrassed at their feeble power. They will cover their mouth in silent awe, a death to everything around them. Like snakes crawling from their, from their holes, they will come out to meet the Lord our God. They will fear him greatly tremble in terror at his at his presence and where is another god like you who pardons the guilt of the remnants overlooking the sins of his special people ah you will not stay angry with your people forever because you delight in showing unfailing love once again you will have compassion on us you will trample our sins under your foot your feet and throw them into the depths the depths of the ocean you will show us your faithfulness and unfailing love as you promised to our ancestors Abraham and Jacob long ago. Okay, so you see the final words of of Micah here is a prayer. He's praying for the nation and he's making strong declaration. He's making strong declaration that God will restore his people and that God should have compassion. God should have compassion on the nation again. Yes, God will have compassion on his people as they go into exile, though they are punished strongly uh, strongly for, for, for their idolatry and for how they treated one another, God will bring them back. Okay, so it is the prayer of people like Micah, the prayer of people like, like Jeremiah, like Ezekiel, like Daniel, okay, and that will unface God and will cause him to bring the people back. Hallelujah. All right, let's round up today. What lessons can we take from here? Okay, you see Mika again and again standing up for the poor, standing up for those who are oppressed. Okay, God cares about the way we treat one another. Okay, so that's the first lesson I take away from here. Um, the second lesson I take away from here is how Mika intercedes for the nation and prays for the nation. Okay. Praise for them. Praise for their restoration. And I'm saying this morning that you ought to uh, be an intercessor. You ought to pray for your family. You ought to pray for your community. You ought to pray for your nation. And one of the prayer I want us to pray. We'll pray for ourselves. We'll say this prayer for ourselves this morning and then we'll say it for our family members. Verse 7, Micah chapter 7 verse 7 says, As for me, I look to the Lord for help. I will wait confidently for God to save me and my God will certainly hear me. What a prayer. 
are this morning, God will hear you in the mighty name of Jesus. We will also pray this morning and declare that don't gloat over me, my enemies, for though I fall, I will rise again. I declare this morning, you will rise again in the name of Jesus. It says, though I sit in darkness, the Lord will be my light. Ah, the Lord will be your light in the name of Jesus. Begin to pray those two verses for yourself this morning. Lord, as I look to you for help, Lord, you will be my help. I wait confidently for you, O God, and I declare this morning, Lord, that you will save me. Certainly, Lord, you will hear me in the mighty name of Jesus. I declare this morning, Lord, that I will rise again. Ah, Lord, though I sit in darkness, your Lord, the Lord my God, will be my light. In other words, Lord, your light will shine upon me in the mighty name of Jesus. Pray this morning, let the Lord be your light. Declare this morning that you shall you will rise again in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we will rise again in the name of Jesus. We will rise out of obscurity. We will rise out of darkness in the mighty name of Jesus. We declare, Lord, because you are the one that saves us and because, Lord, you will help us, we declare that darkness will not be able to hold us down in the mighty name of Jesus. We declare this morning that the Lord is our light. Pray the same prayer for your family members. The Lord is the light of my family. The Lord is their helper. He will save them. When they call on him, he will hear them. Ah, our enemies will not be able to gloat over us in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we say thank you in the name of Jesus. Help your people answer their prayers this morning. We give you all the praise. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. All right. Thank you so much for listening today. God bless you. Enjoy your day.